which of you, owning a hundred sheep and realizing that one was gone, would leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until you found it? Who would do this? Nobody. No one does this. No one would ever do that. It borders insanity. If you lose 1% of your assets, you don't risk losing the other 99% to get it back. By leaving the 99 other sheep, you risk them roaming off, being stolen, or being killed and eaten by a wolf. No one would leave the 99. Or if you had 10 silver coins and lost one of them, but later found it, would you call all your friends and neighbors and over to have a party? Probably not, since you needed all the money you had and didn't need to spend it foolishly. The smart person wouldn't do this. No one would think it was wise. Except Jesus. Jesus does this. Jesus leaves the 99 in search for the lost. Jesus sweeps the house, then throws a party when the coin is found. It's totally and thoroughly foolish. And that's why the gospel is such good news. So today we talk of lost and found, of losing something precious and then finding it in the stories of Jesus that we heard from the gospel. We've heard the story of a lost sheep and another story about the lost coin. And they're easy to remember, but you may not remember the setting, the context of these two parables. And I believe that it's precisely the setting that gives these two stories their special twist and their essential meaning. These two parables are addressed to the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and Pharisees were the most religious of people. They attended church every Friday night. They tithed and were the big financial supporters of the synagogue. They didn't eat pork. They didn't use four-letter words when they hit their thumbs with hammers. They were always present for Stewardship Sunday kickoff. And they thought that they were the found. And others outside the synagogue, outside their church, were lost. The insiders of the church were the found, and the outsiders were the lost. Now this was a problem because Jesus was attracted to the so-called outsiders. Jesus enjoyed the tax collectors, the camel drivers, the donkey drivers, the tanners, all of whom were outside the church. These scribes and Pharisees came up to Jesus one day and Jesus, knowing their attitude toward the outsiders, he told them the story of the lost sheep. Well, as he continued his story, the shepherd found the lost sheep, and there's more joy in heaven now over one sinner who truly repents. And I will remind you that in Greek, the word repent means turn around, change your mind. Then 99 good people who don't think they are lost, who don't think they have any need for repentance. Hmm. Was he directing this toward the Pharisees? They weren't sure. So Jesus told them a second parable. 
There was an old woman who lost a precious coin, not just any coin, but the most precious coin that she had. She swept and swept the house ever so carefully, looking for that lost coin. And the Pharisees smiled with delight. Yes, that parable made sense to them. God is deliberate and careful as God searches for the precious lost. And Jesus continued. She found the coin and was so happy, and so it is with God. Again, the emphasis is made that there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who truly repents. And the Pharisees sensed that Jesus was talking about them. And they didn't like the idea that he was implying that they were the ones who were lost. It was so clear to the Pharisees that they were part of the found. Well, that's why it was hard for them and often hard for us to hear the good news and to rejoice at the meals Christ offers and shares with the sinners and tax collectors. Do we think this talk about sinners includes us? Well, compared to those kind of people, the crooked politicians and the billionaires who make money off of using and abusing young girls, well, we usually think we look pretty good. So did the Pharisees and the scribes. For Jesus, however, sin is not characterized by misbehaviors, but by being lost. Notice that in these two parables, there is nothing about responsibility, blame, or finding fault. That doesn't seem to be Jesus' concern. His concern is for the one that is lost, missing, absent. Jesus doesn't explain how the lost one became lost. He doesn't blame or judge. That's not his issue. The issue for Jesus is recovering and reclaiming the lost. I was unfamiliar with the poem Hound of Heaven by Francis Thompson, actually published in 1922, I think, until my friend Joanna Seibert introduced me to it. Listen to these words. I fled from God down the nights and down the days. I fled from God down the arches of the years. I fled from God down the labyrinth of my own mind. In the midst of tears I hid. Under running laughter I hid from God. Up visited slopes I sped, shot precipitated over chasmed fears. But those strong feet of God came after with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, with constant speed and divine instancy. And a voice more persistent than the feet spoke and said, you are my precious one. I will not let you go. God is persistent in his pursuit of us when we are lost. There's usually a common slant to these parables. The lost lamb and lost corn represent the outsiders or the sinners. But think about this. The lost lamb was part of the shepherd's flock from the beginning. It belonged to him. Also, the coin first belonged to the woman. So these parables are not about lost people finding salvation and becoming Christians. You and I are in these parables. The churchgoers, the bread and wine consumers, the Bible readers, these are parables about being lost on the inside. 
Guess what? Being lost isn't exclusively non-Christian. It also happens to God's people. We don't suddenly cross over to a righteous state of being found and good. We get lost over and over again. It's part of our life and faith. If I am lost, I can, it can mean so many things. Losing my sense of belonging, losing my capacity to trust, losing an awareness of God's presence, losing my will to persevere. Some of us get lost when illness descends on our lives and God's goodness starts to look not so good. Some of us get lost when death comes too soon and too suddenly for someone we love. And we experience a crisis of faith that leaves us reeling. Some of us get lost when our marriages die. Some of us get lost when our children break our hearts. Some of us get lost in the throes of addiction, anxiety, lust, unforgiveness, hatred, or bitterness. Some of us even get lost within the very walls of the church. We get lost when prayer no longer comes from our hearts and we feel so dried up inside. When the scriptures we once loved mean nothing to us. When even the well-intentioned sermon leaves us numb and lifeless. When the table of bread and wine that once nourished us now leaves us hungry, cranky, bewildered, or bored. We get lost. We get so miserably lost that the shepherd has to wander through the rugged wilderness to find us. We get so wholly lost that the housewife has to light her lamp, pick up her broom, and sweep out every nook and cranny of her house to discover what's become of us. Can you imagine God as a foolish shepherd leaving the 99 behind to crawl through bushes and climb over ledges in search of the one? What about God as a housewife, bent over her broom, poking into dusty, cobwebby corners, hoping to spot a silvery glimmer in the shadows? Does God really seek the hard-to-find, the just plain difficult people? That would seem to be what the parables are telling us. Maybe the most shocking aspect of these parables is what they reveal about the nature of God. Grace and character are revealed in Jesus' searching, finding, and rejoicing. Depending on the circumstances of our lives, we experience what grace, uh, grace differently. Ultimately, it means there is a place set for each one of us at the table. We matter. We are desired by and important to God. This fellow who welcomes sinners and eats with them is constantly searching for us finding us and rejoicing over our presence at the table. The first question for Jesus is not one of sin, who's in and who's out, who gets a dinner invitation. For Jesus, everyone is already in. Everyone is invited. The first question and primary concern is one of presence. Have we shown up? Or are we lost and missing? Amen.